Welcome to Witch Talks, the series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, professional tarot reader, astrologer, and witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Welcome back to the Witch Talks podcast with me, your host, Hannah O'Neill, the Suburban Witch. <sighs> this is one of those harder episodes, not because of the topic at all. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics to talk about, but because if you have been a listener for a while, you may have, or you may not have noticed my posting pattern, which is I do three interview episodes followed by a mini-sode with me. Now the astute listener will notice that today should be a interview episode day. However, as you can see, it is not. And there is a reason for that. If you follow along on the podcast specific Instagram page, which is at Witch Talks Podcast, you would have seen that unfortunately I lost the next three interview files. So I had three wonderful, wonderful interviews with three amazing people. One of which I've been hounding for over a year to interview with me. <laughs> and they're gone. I, I don't know what happened. At some point in the past two weeks, I deleted a folder and I didn't realize they were in that folder and I didn't realize they weren't backed up anywhere else. So I have prayed to the gods for help. I have enlisted my husband to help. They were on an external hard drive, which kind of makes it a little bit harder as well. And currently, as of the recording time for this, it is with the experts. So I've dropped it off at a data recovery specialist and now I wait. So that's the bad news. I am hopeful that I will recover those files and you will get to listen to those. But until then, you just got to put up with me and my mini-sodes, which is not such a bad thing. So how about we begin with my segment, Hannah, help me. Now, this question is from Anonymous and it says, Hi, Hannah, I have a super confidential question. I am really blocked about any psychic development, although I absolutely believe in spirit guides. I had a terrible experience where someone I trust and love is psychic, but at the same time that was developing, they had a psychotic break and ended up needing serious mental health care. They still struggle with mental health, although the psychosis has long passed. Perhaps it was coincidental that the two events happened at the same time, but I am absolutely terrified that if I open myself to anything, I will break down too. Do you have any advice? My counselor brain is working from a logical perspective and the Reiki brain is working energetically, but I am really blocked over this. Thank you. Firstly, I 100% understand where you're coming from. And I am sure there are so many people who feel this as well. There are also people who have a variance of this, which is if I open myself up, I will become possessed or haunted or insert spiritual warfare fear from the Christianity, generally Pentecostal religion here. Now, one of the things I teach, and we're going to go over it today, is that fear is one of the biggest blocks in our psychic development, our divination, anything like that. So we will be going into that a little bit more in today's episode. But specifically for you, the first thing I need to suggest is or ask 
or cover. <laughs> okay, the first thing, I am not a licensed mental health professional. I am not giving any men- medical advice. I do not have that experience. So please make sure that if you or anyone listening is concerned about your mental health, that you seek professional help. So secondly, if you have mental health concerns from your own life, okay, so rather than your friend's experience, have you had any psychotic breaks in your own mental health history? Knowing what your own mental health history has looked like can tell you whether this is something that could possibly happen for you. I don't believe that developing your psychic abilities makes you more prone to having a psychotic break. However, if you are prone to psychotic breaks, certain things can trigger that. Stress, trauma, and loads of other things. But depending on the type of psychic break, some of the things in the spiritual community and the the psychic dialogue or the words that we use can play into psychotic breaks. Now, when I'm referring to this, a lot of it, especially if there's anything that can be hearing voices, hallucinating, anything along that aspect, that's where it gets a little dicey. Now, I do specify this in my psychic divination course as well. There is a difference, right? So if we are developing our clairaudience, this is our psychic sense of hearing. There is a very big difference between receiving an intuitive thought and a voice coming through the radio telling you it's God speaking to you. There is a huge difference. So understanding how psychic information comes through is critical because then you can recognize when it's not normal. So one piece of advice is before you dip your toes into actually doing the stuff or trying the things is to understand what the realm of normal is when it comes to psychic abilities. We will be chatting a little bit about that in today's episode. And if you want, you can DM me privately. You can email me. uh, You can book in a guidance call if you want to get really deep into it and we can discuss it. I'm very clear with people with that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like a psychic thing. Hey, have you talked to someone in the mental health professional field, right? But simply developing your psychic abilities is not enough on its own to cause a psychotic break if you're not already there. I hope that makes sense. And I hope I have done that justice. I feel like I am using the term psychotic break loosely because you have talked about psychosis, right? And I feel it can look very different for different people. Just getting a little personal, after the birth of my daughter, I ended up with very severe postnatal anxiety and depression, a lot of that due to my undiagnosed ADHD. And I did end up in the mother baby unit in the hospital, which is kind of like mama baby unit sounds really nice, but it is the psych ward, (laughs) right? Like that's what it is. You can't leave, like you're in there. It was not a fun place. And there were people there who did suffer postnatal psychosis and it is scary. It is very scary. I didn't experience that, thankfully, but I did talk to people who did. So that is one version of my experience around people with psychosis is postnatal psychosis and then people who maybe have the other time these wires can be crossed specifically in the example I used with hearing God speaking through the radio for example that can be a very clear symptom of schizophrenia so if at any point you are concerned go and speak to your doctor go and speak to a mental health professional 
they can rule out schizophrenia for you, okay? Dissociative identity disorder, postnatal psychosis. They can they can help you see what would fit into those categories if you're really, really, truly concerned. And I don't mean to make light of those of those disorders, of those issues that people are very truly really going through. In saying all that, how about we get into today's episode, which is how do I know if I'm psychic? <laughs> and maybe that will answer some of these questions as well for you. Firstly, for a little bit of fun, I have a quiz called How Psychic Are You? It is on my website and I will link it in the description for this episode. Give it a go. It's, it's fun. If you like personality quizzes, you will love this one. Plus, it gives you legitimate resources to use to either develop your skills further or tone them down if they're too much. All right, so let's start with a question. Does this sound like you? You wish you were psychic, but you think it's reserved for special people or people born with a gift. I'm here to tell you that everybody is psychic. So pretty much TLDR, if you didn't want to listen to the whole episode, everybody is psychic. But that doesn't really give you the how to tell if you are or how to tap into it, how to develop it, how to figure out what your gifts are. Because whilst we are all psychic, it comes so in wildly different ways. Someone may have an incredible gift of clairvoyance and they can see and speak to spirits standing in front of them. Someone else might have an amazing gift of being able to tell where illness is in your body and what's going to help you through that. We are not all created equally in terms of the way psychic information comes through. And that's a beautiful thing. Personally, I think that the fact we live in a oftentimes religion-based society, capitalist society, they those systems don't want you to think that you're psychic, right? They want you to doubt yourself so you buy their stuff. They want you to think that psychic work is a sham and only they have the true answers. They want to hold the power and I'm here to tell you that they are wrong. So that's what we're here for. I know you want to feel that connection. You want to feel prepared to take on anything and to have your own inner guidance system for making decisions. And I promise you that this episode will show you how to get there. All right. So let me tell you a little story about when my psychic senses first made themselves known. Side note, for a very long time, I didn't actually know that that's what they were. Okay. When I was around about eight years old, I remember being on the beach with one of our family friends families were all there the parents were chatting me and my bestie Jess were making this beautiful amazingly intricate castle we had sticks that would push through leaves for flags on top it looked amazing and I saw our little brothers run over from the waves and jump into our sandcastle destroying it and I knew that this wasn't happening in front of me I knew that this was a picture of that I kind of blinked it went away and I turned to her and I said Oh my God, Jess, our brothers are going. And as I'm trying to tell her, they ran over and jumped into our castle. Now, when I tell you, I was like, I saw this. I saw this. And I ran to my mom and she's like, I know, I'll go tell him off. She's on her way to go tell my brother off. And I'm like, no, no, mom, mom, mom. I saw that happen. I, I saw that happen. She goes, I, I know I saw it happen too. I'm like, no, I saw it happen. I saw it happen before it happened. I saw that. I knew it was going to happen. And she was like, oh, oh, like deja vu. Yeah, everybody gets that. So let me just be very clear right now. That is not deja vu. (laughs) That is called a precognitive vision. Granted, it was only a few seconds before it actually happened. 
but it was still a precognitive vision. And I called that deja vu for the next 15 years. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I just had deja vu. No, I didn't. I had a freaking vision, but I also normalized it. I thought everybody, because everyone's like, oh, I had deja vu. I'm like, oh, sweet. They get it. They had it too. Cool. I thought that was normal and I didn't realize this was a psychic thing because my language was wrong. So having the wrong language threw me off for so long. And this might have happened to you too. Something that you think is normal may not actually be. So just like me, I believe you, dear listener, have probably had experiences but lacked the knowledge and the language to recognize it for what it is. And hopefully some of what we touch on today will help you with that. Just to show you the difference now, my psychic experience is totally different. The way information comes through is totally different. Now that I've made the active effort to learn, to develop and to utilize these skills, my whole experience is different. I get accurate information that tells me something useful and necessary. For example, on a personal note, last year, my grandfather was very ill with cancer. And I don't think I've shared the full story on here, but a little hint here and there. My very Christian family was on a bit of a witch hunt at the time and they had blocked me or banned me from seeing him in his dying days because they saw me as Satan trying to take a hold. And I had satanic altars and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that word me. Satan is not a part of my practice. Like it's more a part of your practice. You guys are more satanic than me. That's beside the point. What they did was not fair. They'd completely blocked me. I wasn't allowed at the hospital, wasn't allowed to speak to him, any of that. And I was working with my dad and my brother and trying to go down the path of respectfully gaining access to go and see him and getting blocked at every turn. And this was taking a long time. There was a lot of drama. It was not a fun time in my life. One day I woke up from a very, very, very vivid dream and it's one of those dreams that I just you just know you know it is different now in this dream I dreamt I was at the beach with my family my husband my kids and we were sitting in the water facing the shore and I turned around and I saw this gigantic wave coming up behind me and I had just enough time to place my arms around my family and like protect them and bow our heads as the wave hit us. Now to you, that might just sound like a normal dream, but to me who has been practicing oniromancy, which is divination through dreams since I was a child, I knew exactly what this meant. So I woke up, I turned around to my husband and I said, granddad's going to die this week. And he was like, what, what, what do you mean? And I was like, I just had a dream. He's, he's going to go this week. I need, I need to see him. And he was like, okay, do what you got to do. So I called my brother and my brother said, I, I will come with you so that we can, you know, be a united front and go through. So he drove a couple of hours up to come with me to the hospital. My husband took the day off work and just, you know, did the kid stuff and home stuff whilst me and my brother went to the hospital. Now the person that was blocking us from going there had pretty much sat vigil with him the entire time to make sure we didn't go. This was the one day that they had not gone. The only day, the only day in months that they were not at the hospital because one of their kids had given birth that day. 
it was literally the only chance I had. And that dream allowed me to take that chance. I wouldn't have known otherwise. So we rocked up, we got there, we were allowed in and I was able to see him, spend time with him, say goodbye, make peace. We both said we loved each other, big hugs, lots of tears. And he passed two days later. I am so grateful for that dream. I am so grateful that I understand what to do with the psychic information when it comes through and I know when to trust it. I know when a dream is more than a dream. To try and bring things back up from that, I know, downer of a story, I'm sorry, but it is important to show you how these things can help us. So I have broken it down into six steps. So there are six steps to discovering your psychic abilities. And just to make it sound cool, I have put ING on the end of every word. So bear with me. The first step is believing. The second step is fearing. The third step is experiencing. The fourth is understanding. The fifth is testing. And the sixth is trusting. And I will bring you through that journey with me right now. So firstly, I want you to ask yourself, does everyone have access to psychic abilities? Do you believe that? Yes or no? If yes, great. You're onto a great starting point. If no, then I'm going to give you a little bit of analogy to work with. So if I told you only special people can ride bikes, I'm sure you'd be like, mm, no, everyone can ride a bike. However, people who have never had access to a bike, never seen a bike, never seen someone riding a bike, are going to think that that's impossible for them, right? But you're here listening to this episode, so you have at least a little inkling that it is possible to access your psychic abilities. But I think that analogy puts it into perspective that if you don't know the language, if you don't know how it looks, if you don't know how it comes through, of course, you're going to think you're not psychic, right? And that's where most of the world is at. Okay, so believing was step one, right? Knowing that it's real, it's something that we can do that is possible, but not really understanding the mechanics of how it works, right? So this is our first step. We've got to believe first because we cannot accept anything without the belief that it's first possible. And belief Contrary to what a lot of people say, belief is not the absence of skepticism, but the openness to chance. So there is a little like, I don't know, imaginary line out there. On one end, there is gullibility and the other end, there is skepticism. And we want to exist somewhere in the middle. Okay. We don't want to be too gullible and just believe everything, but we also don't want to be too skeptical and not believe anything, right? There is a healthy middle ground. So when it comes to blocking those psychic abilities, the number one thing that blocks people is doubt, right? Doubting yourself, doubting yourself, doubting your abilities, doubting the information that comes in. This actually closes you off from what it is you are trying to do. So the moment you start to verbalize, maybe like, oh, I'm picking up on this. And then you're like, oh, actually, oh, no, people are going to think I'm, maybe it's not right. You're just going to put up a huge wall and no further information is going to come through. And unfortunately, this is something that you will need to learn and relearn and relearn again as you progress through each level of your own psychic development. Imposter syndrome is a thing. It happens to everyone. I, I'm telling you, every single person in the world experiences imposter syndrome in some area or another. But I do think it is particularly high in areas like psychic development. Who am I to be doing this? Where is this coming? I'm probably just making it all up. I can't tell you how many times I've thought that, but thankfully I have the skills to validate what I'm getting. And I've proven it to myself time and time and time and time again, that all I need to do is just go, 
well, Anna, remember that time that this happened? Remember that time that that happened? You're not an imposter. So when it comes to belief, I never believed in spirit guides. But my mentor, my, my mentor kicked that habit. And the way he did that was by encouraging me to have an experience. And we'll be talking more about that later too. So I want you right now to just have a think to yourself about something that you never believed in until recently and what changed your mind. Because understanding how you change your mind is a big part of this as well. Now, if you notice that you are really, really, really hesitant to changing your mind or starting a new idea or thinking of new things or accepting new things, I do have an episode on that. So if you head on over to episode 38, how to open your mind, it's another mini-sode. That one, that one goes for less than 15 minutes. So you can knock it out of the park very quickly. And lastly on this, just remember, you are allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to change your mind about your beliefs. You're allowed to change your mind about your spiritual understanding. You're allowed to change your mind about anything you want. Okay. It's your mind. You get to do it. So now we're going to go into step two, which is fearing. Okay. So if doubt and disbelief is one block, fear is another one. So fear is a block. It blinds us from seeing what is truly there. You will, now listen to me very closely, you will never discover your psychic abilities if you are afraid of them. You will never discover your psychic abilities if you are afraid of them. A lot of people may have had experiences when they were young that was potentially too much for them. And so they they do, they instinctively shut everything off. Now my job and what I teach my students is the control aspect. We don't want to be a victim to our intuition. That is not what anybody wants. You get to control the information. You get to put the boundaries and the rules in there. So don't think that I'm going to start developing my psychic abilities and then I don't get a say in what comes through. You absolutely do. And in saying that, boundaries are one of the biggest things I see new psychics struggle with. They're always on. They just always are open or always receiving information. And that, A, that is a very quick direct route to burnout, spiritual burnout, psychic burnout, overwhelm, all of that. So we need boundaries. Like I am not receiving information if I'm not in work mode, right? When I sit down to do a reading for someone, my guides know that's the time to bring it through. That's when I almost let my defenses down. Now, if you already know that you struggle with this aspect, I want you to find my other podcast, which is called Meditations. If you just put in Suburban Witchery, it should come up because both of them are called, you know, Witch Talks, a Suburban Witchery podcast, Meditations, a Suburban Witchery podcast. And on the Meditations one, you will find a very short guided meditation that you can do before sleep to shut down your psychic senses, especially during sleep. That's when a lot of people are vulnerable. Now, when I said before, some of you may have had an experience when you were younger, got really scared and shut things down. That's normal, but it doesn't mean the thing that you were scared of is scary. It just means you probably didn't understand it at the time. And so the lens you viewed it through was scary. There are things that I do in my day-to-day work now that growing up as a young Christian child, the whole concept of it would have been absolutely traumatizingly terrifying but as an adult and with an understanding of a where it's coming from what it's telling me all of those sorts of things it's it's not scary like it's not 
scary anymore. But that's because I've built my way up there. And that's something you may need to do too. Take baby steps. You don't have to jump all the way in straight away. If something does feel scary, again, fear is a block. So you're probably not going to do that well at it if it's too scary. So start with something that doesn't feel scary. For me, tarot was terrifying. So I started with tea leaf reading. That felt safe. So what are you afraid of? What has stopped you until now? Ones are supernatural fears. So this is hauntings and spirits. Okay. Ego fears. This is, I'm going to look silly. I'm going to look crazy. Then there's fear of failure. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get it wrong or I won't be good at it. Fear of power, which is also fear of success or fear of being seen. Yes, people can be afraid of success. It's absolutely a thing. And lastly, religious fears. Now, this was my one. Fears of demons and possession. I was convinced that if I touched a tarot deck, a portal to hell would open up or I would summon a demon. As Marie Curie says, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. And I believe that by learning and understanding things, that fear will dissipate. So if fear is something that you are dealing with, as I said before, start with something that doesn't feel scary. Take baby steps. Use the affirmation, I am safe. Do that whilst doing some EFT, some emotional freedom technique tapping. Feel free to say a prayer before you start anything. Whatever gives you the feeling of security and safety is going to help you. But you won't get very far if you don't address this. All right, so you're like, Hannah, okay, I get it. I have to believe it's possible and I have to make sure I'm not afraid. But how do I actually know if I'm psychic? If you're still asking yourself that question, maybe you haven't heard me. Everybody is psychic. But this next one is how you kind of start to actually feel into it and figure it out. And this is experiencing. So this is when you get a true taste of something unexplainable. So experience, as we all know, is the greatest teacher. In human design, I'm a one three. So experience, that's the line three part. Experience is like my jam. I learn things the hard way. <laughs> and that's a great thing. That is a wonderful thing because I'm, it means I learn them really well and I learn what not to do. And then I can help everyone like you out there. So when it comes to experience, there's a few things you can do. The first one, go and get a reading. The book of, if you haven't sat down and had a reading from someone else, how are you ever going to know how to do it for someone else? Do you know what I mean? So I recommend you go and get a reading from someone. Again, when you're choosing a reader, another topic for another day, but just make sure it's someone that you feel comfortable with. The next things to do is to start making a list of when you have known things without explanation. If nothing comes to mind, that's fine, but maybe start paying attention now. So have you ever walked into a room after someone's had an argument and you could just sense that something was off or you knew someone wasn't getting along with someone, even though nothing about the situation was telling you that. Have you ever thought of someone and a moment later they call you or perhaps something happens and you go, oh, I knew that would happen. Or, I knew it would happen. I just, I knew. Start writing a few of those things down and start looking for them in your everyday life because I promise you they happen. You just discount them or you have the wrong words for them as we discussed earlier. So the next part of experience is things like experiences in or during meditation. These can be profound, incredibly personal, 
Now, if you don't already have a meditation practice, that's one of the, my biggest takeaways that I tell people. So it's super, super helpful. And yes, I have ADHD, so I get it. It's not easy, but there are ways around it and it doesn't have to be just sitting still with your hands on your knees. If you're curious, I teach about that in my course. There is also a how to get started with meditation video up on my YouTube channel. There is so much, if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, there is so much content up there for free that you can access. So you need to check it out. But experiences in meditation, make sure you're writing them down because again, they can be so profound and so illuminating. They are experiences too, and they are psychic experiences. I'm going to tell you one of my meditation stories. When I was pregnant, the second time around. Now, I, I never had gender tests or anything because A, I don't really care. B, I like the surprise. It makes it more exciting. And C, I'm psychic, so I like to guess. <laughs> I like to, I like the challenge. So some of you may know this, but before I fell pregnant, I did a tarot reading and had already predicted pretty much when I was going to fall pregnant, even though I was like, that's surely not going to happen. But it did. And I predicted I'd have a boy. And when we fell pregnant, even before that, I was like, I know we're having a boy. Fell pregnant. I knew it was a boy. I just knew. Just knew. Now, there was one point, I don't even, I don't know how far along I was, probably second trimester or something, where I was meditating to connect with my baby's spirit. I had my hands on my belly and I was just tuning in and I said, what name do you want? And clear as day, and this isn't with my physical ears, this is like inside my head. Clear as day, I heard the name Tobias. And I was like, oh, I like that name. And we we could not agree on any boys' names. I had like no boys' names. So I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that one. And I told my husband, but I didn't tell anyone else. Like, I'm not the type to share a baby name before they're here. But two weeks later, I had a phone call from one of my besties, Savannah, who is way more psychic than she gives herself credit for. Now she called me up and she said, oh, I had the strangest dream about you. I dreamt that you had a boy and you named him Toby. Instantly I was like, oh my God, I haven't told her. I haven't told, how does she know that? <laughs> me, ask, how does she know that? Of course, of course. And she continued and said, but you gave him the full name Tobias. Like he had the formal name, but everyone called him Toby. And so I broke my rule and was like, oh my God, I'm actually thinking of that name because it came through in meditation. Well done. <laughs> And that was my validation. That was my guides basically coordinating something through someone else who had no prior knowledge to give me the validation I needed that that was the name my baby had chosen. Isn't that phenomenal? And of course, at 42 weeks on the dot, I had my baby boy named Tobias. The moment I held him in my hands, I remember looking up at my husband and I just said, run his birth chart. He's like, what? He just had a baby. Can you relax? I was like, run his freaking birth chart. I have to know if I'm correct in the fact that this child is a rising cancer. I just know it. So, of course, I had to talk him through. Go to this website. Put this in here. Please, someone tell me they got the birth time. Put the birth time in. And lo and behold, he's a rising cancer. Now, you might think, you're an astrologer. Of course, you'd know that. Uh, no, it changes every two hours. I was not paying attention. I was in labor land. <laughs> Again, more validation of things we know without being able to know. This is all part of experience, which of course helps you with belief as well and reducing fear because the more positive experiences you have, the less fear you have. 
All right, so step number four is understanding. So starting to see how something might work through your belief and through your experiences. But how do we actually begin to understand, Hannah? I can hear you asking me. Well, you can find teachers like myself or guidance in books, podcasts like this one, YouTube, got that too. I'm not, I mean, look, I'm promoting myself because hello, this is my business and I run this podcast. And if you're listening to this, you obviously like what I do, but you can use, there are a million and one other people on YouTube as well. Courses, creators on social media. You might have friends who are intuitive or psychic. You can go to a moon circle, find a spiritualist church. The list goes on. Connect with people and go in search of the knowledge that feels right for you. Step number five is the testing phase. Now, this is where you find your limits, test your theories and find out your accuracy. So the testing phase, this is where you're actually going to see your biggest jump in development of psychic skills. But to do this, you need to get vulnerable. The testing phase is scary for your ego, but it's also where we find our gifts and our limits. For example, whilst I was able to predict the gender of my my child whilst they were inside my stomach, I am shockingly terrible at predicting other people's gender of their babies. I'm I'm just wrong always. And every time I'm like, okay, so if I think it's a girl and then I'm always wrong, then probably it's going to be a boy. So then I say boy and then it's a girl anyway. I get myself into these little loops. I'm just like, you know what? This is not my skill. This is 100% not where my skill lies. And that's one of my limits. You will have limits. You will also have gifts. I know some people who know the instant someone's pregnant, they just know. Nothing would tell them. They just know that is a gift that they have. I don't have that gift, but my gifts come in other ways. So some of the ways you can test. Firstly, if you just want to do this personally and to yourself because you don't want anyone to know or you're still in the broom closet, whatever it is. And even if not, journals are an absolute must. Write everything down, date it, look back at it. I have a spiral notebook for dream journaling. I have a spiral notebook for tarot so I write down the readings that I do for myself I have a spiral notebook for astrology stuff I have a spiral notebook for witchy stuff like I have everything in spiral notebooks it is the best thing you can do you will never regret writing it down I promise you that so journals are amazing because you can look back the second way you can test your skills is by giving people readings for feedback so you can offer up a free reading for feedback. There are so many places you can do this. You can do this with your friends. You can do this with your family. You can do this for your pets. I guess they can't really give you feedback. You can do this on Facebook. There are so many opportunities for this. Just a side note, if you are going to give anyone a reading, you need to figure out your ethics first, what questions you will and won't answer, all of that. I give you this advice because I didn't do that and I jumped straight into reading for people. And I learned, oh, look, I learned pretty quickly. It's how I learned the types of readings I don't want to do and the ones I'm going to refuse. If you ever look on my website, I do have a code of ethics and in there it says I won't read for people too frequently. If you keep booking me, I will actually turn around and say, no, I'm going to give you a refund. This is too frequent because I don't think we need to rely on tarot readers and use them as a crutch for all of our decision making. That's, That's not how it works. Or if someone's coming back with the exact same question every time, they're not if they're not listening to the information. Granted, this has happened very, very, very rarely. Now, the next way you can test is through a psychic development circle. So obviously this is specific for developing your psychic skills. So there will be tests and exercises and things and you connect in a circle. It is phenomenal when you do this. Like the 
instant feedback and the validation that you get is unmatched anywhere else. And the very last step is trusting. Take that leap of faith. Gain trust and practice, practice, practice. This trusting phase, it is continuous. It isn't a short-term one-and-done thing because you will be faced with imposter syndrome, which we talked about at the very start, a lot. It is part and parcel of this work. So practice, 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 and remember that practice makes progress. One final thing here, the industry average for psychics, mediums, tarot readers, astrologers, in terms of accuracy is 80%. 80%. So if you start giving yourself little readings and looking back and you're like, oh my gosh, I only get them right five times out of 10. That's still freaking amazing. Soon it might go up to six times out of 10, seven times out of 10. 100% accuracy is not a thing. And if someone is telling you they are 100% accurate all the time, that's actually a red flag. So I hope this episode has convinced you that you are definitely psychic and perhaps you have recognized some things that may have happened in your life that you previously hadn't before. If you want to dive deeper into this topic specifically, I'm actually reopening the doors to my course, The Art of Psychic Divination, this month. September 22nd is when enrollment opens. This is the first time I am opening the doors to new students in over a year. This course is designed to help you find clarity and purpose in your spiritual practice and discover your strongest psychic skill. This course is where I will kick your psychic butt into gear. I will whip you into shape and have those psychic abilities firing on all cylinders. Because you might be aware that you are psychic and not really know where to turn from here. And look, most spiritual individuals struggle with self-doubt and inconsistency when trying to access their psychic skills. You might notice that you are or you start to have moments of intuition, but you're still unsure whether it's genuine or just a coincidence. And that's a normal thing to wonder. But in The Art of Psychic Divination, I address the importance of building a strong foundation. I take you through exercises that help you recognize your innate psychic abilities. I give you a step-by-step process to connect you to your intuition and validate your experiences. So this course includes seven modules, each with a video component that range from 30 to 60 minutes long. There's a workbook for each of them as well. And what the course itself will cover is in module one, it's the foundations of psychic divination. So foundational skills such as cleansing, grounding, and meditation. In module two, we explore simple divination. This is things like bibliomancy. So using a book for divination, palomancy, which is pendulums and more. In module three, we go through symbolism. This is identifying common symbols, the difference between personal and universal symbols, the essential practice of a nyromancy, which is dream divination that I've talked about quite a lot in this episode, and how to create personal symbols with your guides. Module four is all about the main psychic senses. This is clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. It's helping you identify, understand, and develop them, how they can come through, how they don't come through, what you can expect in a realistic way. Module five is going through systems in classic divination. So this is going to teach you the basics of cardomancy, tarot and oracle, astrology, palmistry. In module six, we explore the secondary senses. So again, identify, understand and developing your clairaliance, claircognizance, claircognizance and claircognizance. So this is things like the psychic sense of smell and taste, knowing and touch. And in the very last module, we have free flowing divination. So this is the most difficult forms of divination, but by that point you are well and truly ready for it. 
and we go through capnomancy, which is smoke scrying, pyromancy, which is fire scrying, caromancy, which is wax reading, tassiomancy, which is tea leaf reading, and black mirror scrying. Of course, there is also psychic development circles included, life ones included in this course. So you do not want to miss out. If you enroll before September 25th, so remember the course opens its doors for enrollment on the 22nd. If you enroll before the 25th of September, you could win a 60 minute witching hour Zoom call with me, which will dig into your psychic development. So we do it after the course is finished, after you've finished it. And I do basically a personal, personalized psychic development session with you. We work on your skills together. I'll give you my unique guidance on what's next for you and hold you a little bit accountable as well in the kindest way possible. There's a link in the description for this episode if you want to go on the waitlist for that course. And obviously, if you aren't listening to this in the future and the course is not open or whatever, just DM me and I can let you know when I'm looking to open the doors again and what you can expect. But the psychic development circles are not run every single time. So that's all from me today. Hopefully the next time you hear from me, I have an interview episode for you and all of my files have been beautifully recovered from my hard drive. That's what I'm telling the universe. And I really do hope today's episode has helped open your eyes a little bit to to how amazingly psychic you really are. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in the world today and I'll chat with you next time.